Yes, we're back. It's your boy, Eduardo Jackson, CEO, founder, creator of the Cinema Draft Game. Happy Labor Day weekend to one and all, uh, or post-Labor Day weekend to one and all. You're at, with Cinema Draft, where daily fancy sports meets the movies. And let's welcome back to the fan pod. Whee! You know her. You Woo! love her. You've heard a lot about her. It's the official therapist of the pod. It's Nicole Ward. Hi, hello. Yes, yes. And also her partner in crime, part of the family, the LA Familia. It's our studio insider from an unnamed studio. <laughs> it's Monet Moore. What's up? That's it. <laughs> Nick and Momo back in the house. Both dog tired, but damn it, I got enough energy for the three of y'all. Yay. So two of us, two of y'all, three of us, whatever the fan no, pod. No, we're going to do this. We're going that, to do it. Yes, that's right. Yeah. High energy. Drinking yeah. game tonight will be the word power because tonight's podcast all about politics and we'll be dealing with some truly powerful political films tonight. Drink, drink. And so first segment, my favorite segment, it's what I'm watching. And <laughs> that's what I've missed, the air horn. That's right. First one I'm very excited about is Catastrophe. Damn it, and, and thanks to a uh, recommendation from last week's guest in the pod, Henry G, a.k.a. The Roan. You see him on your leaderboard, see him in the group chat. And I'd like to thank you for accelerating my interest in this show because, as we mentioned last week, it was a misclick that kept me away from Catastrophe. I was actually trying to reach Catastrophe. I misclicked on The Expanse, and I got sucked in to a black hole, which is great. Oh, and speaking of The Expanse, did, did you start watching it, uh, Nick? I finished season one. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, yes. What do you think? Real quick, quick, quick little cul-de-sac. Well, that's one of my, what am I watching? So I, I really enjoyed it. I got sucked in, like you said, after the third episode. And it's, I want to see what happens in season two. Yes, yes. So, so we'll, we'll talk later about see, where you can find season two. But season two is even better than season one. And a lot of the whole Mars Earth politics comes to play. And it's really good. It's really good. And people begin off like nothing. I mean, it's crazy. So yeah, you should take, check it out. Okay. Um, and that's, and so do you think, uh, do you think it is kind of like they say Game of Thrones in space? For me, no. I, I I still think, I mean, I don't know. I need to see season two, but I still think that Game of Thrones is more intricate than The Expanse. Like, you, I, you don't, with Game of Thrones, I feel like I really have to sit and focus completely on what is happening. And with The Expanse, I was able to be a little bit distracted and still come back and pick up as to what was going on. Now, this is true that the dialogue, and I've said this consistently, the dialogue isn't nearly as, as intricate, like you said, or as tight or, or as good, quite honestly, as Game of Thrones. But the plotting does take a step up. The machinations and, and plot-wise, it's it just as up there with Game of Thrones in the second season. So so we'll we'll talk about the second season. You, should, you definitely should check it out. I loved it. I Oh, man. Whew. The Expanse. All right. So anyways, bring it back. Get out of the cult set. <laughs> um, Catastrophe was great. I binged all 18 episodes. The Brits are a funny bunch. It's a British show, which uh, I think Amazon commissioned for Prime. They only do like six episodes in a series, as they call their seasons. There's only three series so far. So like, And they're only like 24, 26 minutes. They're like visual snacks. And they're witty and, and hilarious. And, and they're really subversively honest look at relationships, marriage, and, 
and just you know British you know British life a little bit. And so basically the 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 premise behind it, this guy has like a week long you know one night stand <laughs> with this woman uh, uh, goes back to America. Find she uh, calls him like thirty days later, whatever. It's like I'm pregnant, and he's like, screw it. Let's get married, and it's just kind of crazy like that. Have either of y'all seen? Kitten it's a Nashville? good show. I like it. Yeah, yeah, you're you're caught up, right? I'm caught up. Yeah. yeah. So I guess uh, season four comes out next year. Uh, what about you, Momo? Has that made your list? It's. I've heard about it, and I think I started like an episode sometime last year. I think because my old boss really loved it. And, um, but I just didn't get through it. Not for any particular reason. I just mm -hmm. either fell asleep or never went back to it. But I've heard like, she was in there watching. I remember my boss was in her office watching it one day, like audibly cracking up. And I was like, <laughs> what are you watching? So anyway, that's how I found out about it. But, um, no, I have not seen it, but. Yeah, the female lead, she, she's wildly inappropriate. So yeah, it's 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 really great. She definitely speaks her mind, and and she's very and but you know still very British, very self-deprecating officer stuff. So it's, it's, I don't know, I really liked it. Shout out to Henry G, my man. Good call. Um, <laughs> there we go. Sorry, <laughs> strong sound effects tonight. Okay, number two, clear out the lane. I'm going in. Narcos! Mm. Woo! Man, that <laughs> shit was so good. Oh my ears. Woo! Man, I mean, I, I mean, I must inhale that in a 24-hour period. Only 10 episodes, hour long. Y'all know what it is by now. Season three. I mean, Pablo's dead. Uh, the king is dead. Long live the kings. Four new ones this year. It's the the four-headed monster, the Cali Cartel. Pacho, the young, openly gay Mexican expansionist uh, uh, leader, he's ruthlessly cold-hearted, has no qualms about drawing, quartering a guy on motorcycles. Okay, cool. Uh, Chepe, he runs New York, charismatically cold-blooded, loves – you'll sit down to a dinner and will let you know as law enforcement when you're going to take him in after he finishes his meal. That's how he rolls. Miguel, freaking brother of the leader, kind of cool, calm, collected until he's kind of forced into leadership – comes out of the shadows to kind of take control and he gets really, really paranoid. It's a pretty cool part. And then Gilberto, the leader, just wants to retire. Gives everyone six months to make as much money as they can before they surrender to the Colombian government. And the greatest part about this is that I'm not spoiling a thing. This is all facts. This is all ripped from 20 years, 30 years ago headlines. <laughs> it's all actually happened in Colombia. It's kind of crazy and what I love most about the season, though, is Jorge Salcedo. He's uh, he's kind of like the the security guy for the Cali cartel. Wants to get out. Doesn't isn't about this life. Just wants to build like a security firm. Once he retires, gets out of the life. But they won't let him retire, and so he's kind of forced to keep working for the Cali cartel. And and all he wants to do is get out and support his 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 uh, his family, his his wife and his two girls. I got so invested, so invested in Jorge. I love the show. It was excellent. It was brilliant. It's wonderfully set up for season four. We don't even miss Boyd Hallbrook, the, the blonde dude from, from the first two seasons. It's all it, – it's not even really Pena's show. Pena brings on two, uh, two other Anglo um, newcomers, and they're fine, uh, Feistel and Van Ness. And they actually are – they actually 
are smarter and more capable than they let on it initially. But man, I mean, it's all the Jorge Salcedo. I was I was up in my feelings about like whether this guy would be able to get out of the cartel or not. I did not want to spoil it by Googling or anything. I don't want to know if you lived with that. I just rode with it. It's a great ride. I highly recommend season three. Narco! <laughs> Watch Narcos. What's up? No, sir. Nope. Have Have you guys watched any of Narcos? Just not the season, or I started with season one. I got through maybe two episodes, and not reading, for any huh? particular. Yep, too much reading. And highly um, subtitled. Highly subtitled. Yes. Was the problem, and it wasn't that the show was bad. It was just that I had to pay attention, and I. I just wasn't like I had and to pay attention a, and I had to read the subtitles. Watcher, huh? <laughs> well, not necessarily because I'll, I mean, I kind of multitask and watch Game of Thrones. That's probably <laughs> the number one show where I have to like pay attention. So it's like, but I don't have to read subtitles with Game of Thrones. Like Narcos has that extra layer. Yes. So it's like, I, I have to do that too. So that just doesn't quite work for me. So at some point, I keep saying, I'm going to go back to it. I'm going to go back to it. I just haven't. It's, it's good. So that I thought you, it Mama. was bad or anything. I mean, so what about you, Nick? Do you watch Narcos? Have you seen any of the other seasons? I have not seen any of it. No <sighs> seasons. Yeah, uh, I know. So I know. <laughs> I bet you be seeing seasons anyways. All right. Yes. Narcos is great this season. <laughs> okay. It's awesome. What? It's awesome. <laughs> I don't know about that. We'll just yeah, red blooded American male. He's seen some narcos. He, he's read the subtitles. He, he's with it. So good, so good. And like I said, it's all it's all it's, it's like it's like expanded history. It's like fifty fifty. Like you know, it's, look, we know I love historical fiction. I am a whore for historical fiction, and they serve me up right. It is so good. I really enjoy Narcos. I highly recommend season three. It's the best. It's the best. And it's pretty clear uh, where they're going for season four, <clears throat> Mexico. But uh, you just got to wonder who will be back for it. And will we see El Chapo in season four? I don't know. But I can't wait to find out. Break. I mean, can, can we fast forward? Can we fast forward to August 2018? I mean, get this going. We're already Arcos. going fast enough. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it's only, and like I said, only 10 episodes. I mean, and they're. I mean, they are explosive, incendiary, excellent. Yes, there's a lot of reading. Oh my god, reading, you know, you know, subtitles, but it's worth it. Totally worth it. Love it. Narcos. All right. <laughs> and of course, I'm watching AKA The Black Civil War. It's insecure on Sunday night. Black Civil War. Oh my god. <laughs> I wish I could say Where I came did up. that come from? I wish I could say I came up with that. I did not. There's Bomani Jones, you know, uh, he, he calls Black Civil War because it's true, because every week, pretty much up until up until this last weekend, it's like, you know, men versus women, Team Lawrence versus Team Misa, you know, whatever, whatever. And this this week I think we both were like, I'm good on all of them, both of them. Mm-hmm. Real childish over what was essentially an accident with old boy, and then also, of course, with their ex showing up to the dinner party. And then Lawrence is trifling for bringing his hot new, you know, potential girlfriend, Aperna. I mean, that was just a dumb move, regardless whether it was a sit down dinner or not. Shouldn't have done it. Just you should have just met up with her later. I'm sure she would have understood. 
either way, and, I mean, I'm out on both of them. They both need to, you know, seek other people or, or do them. And and although I do like Aperna for, for Lawrence, cause it seems like she keeps it real with him to an extent. But, yeah, and then Molly's just messy, but we love Molly. I mean, she seems like she's kind of turning the corner figuring it out. She just had a, an emotional reaction to her parents, you know, I guess long ago infidelity, whatever. I mean, who can, I mean, and also, I mean, I would say that's a real challenge for her as well. But to an extent, I mean, when you're 28, I actually think the, the age of the characters would be 28, 29, like early, like late 20s. You don't have as advanced uh, realization of the world, you know, as you, you know like how relationships really work. You know, you you still have idealized ideas of relationships because you really haven't been through much or or haven't seen your friends get married you know, get divorced, get remarried again. You haven't really kind of, you know, seen enough. So I kind of give her more of a pass than I give, like, Lawrence and Ace. They just, ugh, they're messy. They're messy. So, yes, the Black Civil War, <laughs> your thoughts, ladies. I mean, they are a mess. They are a hot mess. However, <laughs> the, I don't want to say I get it, but all of it makes sense to me. Like I see how they all have gotten to where they are and why, and even though it's dumb, and even though you're like, why are you doing that? That's so stupid. And, but I get it. Like, it's just, it's so funny to me. And it just, I love that show so much. But I think that was the general consensus from last episode was that everybody was just over everybody. Like, I mean, I think it was just like, okay, Clearly, like, and I think I saw someone that was like, you know what, I don't even want Issa and Lawrence back together at this point. And it's like, yeah, like, I don't want to see them together. Not anytime soon. I don't. Like, if this, however long the season go, I mean, this uh, series goes, mm -hmm. I see that towards the end. Like, okay, they've all, they've lived, they've grown up, they matured. Like, they have a lot of living to do, both of them. Yes. And I think that's what people are missing is that, you know, they were together for five years. If they're 28, 29, that means they were 23, 24. They haven't had any probably like maybe one or two boyfriends before or girlfriends before that. And those are probably college type relationships. So it's like, yeah, why Issa's doing this? And I don't understand. What, it's like because she's only been with one dude for five yeah. years having like a grown up relationship living together like so yes yeah, she's doing stupid stuff <laughs> and we get a lot of and she's probably stuff gonna do her, some more you, you know otherwise we wouldn't be watching <laughs> and i'll let i'll let the resident therapist talk about dating age because i got that from her <laughs> dating age what's that so mm -hmm. whenever you stopped dating when you go back to dating that's the age that you are starting at so if they started in a relationship when, like Monet said, they're 24 and they've been in that for five years, they haven't dated for five years. So they're going back to what they knew. Oh, that is brilliant. Oh, I love it. <laughs> now, and, now, is that, I mean, I don't want to, you know, and is that an original? Is that a Nick Ward original? No, or? it's not a Nick Ward original. It's just, it's just when you talk about people's development and how sometimes it can arrest. And that it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's just also thinking about it common sense wise sometimes where it's like, oh, well, you haven't dated since you were 22, baby. And now you're out there. You don't really know how to date as a 28 year old. And now they're saying that your brain doesn't start really developing until you're 30. So they still have even an adolescent brain right now. Dating age. Mm -hmm. Dating age. Oh, that's why you... That's why you are the official therapist. <laughs> 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 
straight dating. Let me, let me write and, you can ca- you, and you can catch up. It's not like you have to go through five years of dating. Right. Yeah, but you can catch up and start to think about some of the things and realize what you want and, and all of that. I, we've all experienced that being in long-term relationships. Ooh, boy, that explains so much about one of my exes, boy. Dating age. <laughs> excellent. That makes so much sense. <laughs> so much sense. Okay, yes. All right, so ladies, what three things y'all watching? I mean, I'm watching Insecure, obviously. Um, I was having some withdrawals some Game of Thrones withdrawals this week. Um, sure. Power. The Expanse. The Expanse. I, I highly recommend The Expanse. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, <laughs> Momo don't do space. <laughs> no, it's not so much that, but I just, yeah. Hey, they're black it. people in space. Like, like, not getting killed off anytime soon. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, I'm going to try it out. We'll see what happens. Yeah, okay. Um, but I'm probably going to have to do it before the fall season starts. So... Um, but yeah, so just finished power. Um, what do you think of that finale? I just, uh, it was fine. It was fine. I, I'm probably not as annoyed with the finale as I am about maybe the penultimate episode. I just, uh, I don't know. And it might just be that I'm just over Tariq. Like, I'm oh, my God, Tariq is the worst. So, yes. And I'm just, like, so mad. I'm so mad about his lies. I'm so mad about, you know, all of these things. And, I mean, I guess maybe I was a little, I guess I'm okay now. Because when he was still, when Ghost was still believing him, and he was like, no, he's not lying. And I was like, okay, really? Like, come on. Like, right. I need y'all to not be this stupid. Like, so anyway, and I was really hoping that it wasn't going to start this, like, craziness with Jimenez and, like, all the, So anyway, I'm glad I think some way, of I think that got kind of... Next season, they just make him go full, like, like dark. Like, he truly becomes his father's son, gets in the business, and then no, somehow... No, absolutely. Like, yeah. And, and somehow proves his loyalty by doing, like, dirt for his dad or something like that. Otherwise, he's just been whack, and this whole season was a waste for Tariq. And I feel bad for the actor. Right. So, no and I think Tariq. that's... No, no, that's what they were working towards this season. I just didn't quite like the way they did it. Like this whole Tariq's gonna be his father's son and da 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 da. Like I just didn't appreciate the the writing in some cases, but um, but yeah, so that was fine. That was fine. And then what else am I watching? I haven't been watching a whole lot in the recent weeks. I'm watching Big Brother. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't miss Big Brother, so yeah, that's different. That's uh, different I'm thing. watching a night with my ex. If we're just gonna go reality shows about it. <laughs> oh, you what know what? I did oh, see that in the gym. You would, you would like that. That's that's actually it's it's actually a pretty easy show. It's a super simple concept. Basically, you, they uh, producers get two people who've broken up. They stick them in like in like a, a suite for a night, and then pretty much almost no program. Like sometimes they'll have like cards, or whatever. But generally, it's just like they're there to work out their issues and see if they can get back together. That's the whole show, but it's compelling as hell because they're cameras and they're being real. And I guess and these these are like real people. Like I talked some shit about one of them on um, on, on <laughs> Twitter, and one of them was like liked it and like yeah, he totally sucks. And like she's like t- like she's joining my side about his, her ex. I'm like oh okay, I guess they're really checking their mentions and stuff. It's real people out there. There's a really there's a there's a good one tonight about this uh 
uh, these guys who know these uh, this uh, girl and, and guy know each other since like third grade, and and then he disappeared on her like three years ago. They're like in their their mid thirties, and then he eventually mm-hmm. proposed her at the end. You know, like a, mm-hmm. a black couple. You know, or not? She's fine as hell. And then then after the show ends, they show a little title card after. They broke off the engagement. They're both seeing other people. I'm like, damn. Of course. Uh, yeah, that's why. That's why are you surprised, Eduardo? <laughs> <laughs> I want them to work out. Their stories are compelling. That's great. But Watching I, Black Love, then. Yes, that's what I you need haven't to watch. seen it, but sounds like that's what you need to be watching instead. <laughs> yes, if you want to work out, you know, I did see it trending the other day. And I thought about recording it. I, I might check it out on demand. I mean, you know. Black love, it's fine. Documentary, I'll have it on while I'm doing like hand scoring or some bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hand scoring's the worst. That's what we got to put up with until we get funded. Give with both hands, investors. Please give. All right. Anyways, yeah. So Nick, what are you watching? <laughs> um, let's see. I, Insecure, of course, and a lot of people are watching Insecure, which is pretty cool. And um, Black Love, I just started watching that this weekend. Is that like a series or a special? It's a like a docu. I'm not sure if it's going to be a full series or not. I need to research oh, like a it. Series like a limited event series. Because they have different topics. Um, so I watched the first two, and yeah. I'm recording them. So I I definitely am interested in those. I, and that sounds. I'll check out the one that you mentioned, but that one sounds scarier than the Black Love Show. <laughs> it's entertaining. I will lie. Some of them get like really like angry and throw stuff, and but most of them are like just like sad and wounded and just want to talk it out. And then they get closure, and then they did. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, let's see. I went to see the Hitman's Bodyguard, which I enjoyed. You know, I don't know why I haven't seen that because I love both those actors, but yet I just feel. You know, I'm, I'm going to see it. Damn it. I'm you haven't see seen it? How have you not I, seen it? Because I've seen everything. I saw Tulip fucking Fever last weekend, and it was meh. So, yeah, I, I need to see Hitman's Bodyguard. I've been derelict in my duty. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm totally out to, I'm totally out to American Assassin, and then, and, and uh, for, what's the other one? Um, uh, American Made. I guess I'm, I'm, hold, I'm holding out for the Americans <laughs> in, in almost consecutive weeks. Those look great. American Assassin looks lit. You know, Dylan O'Brien, of all people, you know, babyface assassin, and then you know, Tom Cruise in the drug war, the drug pilot. I can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah, I could be into that. Yeah. yeah. Give me an IMAX, too. <laughs> you are funny. <laughs> and then Survivor's Remorse. That's my last one. <laughs> yeah, I like Survivor's Remorse. This year, though, has been weird. Like, I don't. I mean, I know it's not. I know it was never like a slapstick comedy per se, but it's been too down these first three episodes. Heavy. I'm thinking, little, I'm little heavy. Yeah, yeah. I'm waiting. I'm I'm sticking it out, but it's been a little heavy. I mean, generally, I love yeah. the series. I like I like what LeBron's done with it. He's the executive producer, so I mean, I just just shake off this heavy stuff. Let's get to something a little more, you know. Yeah, I'm hoping they can move on once they've, you know, explored all this family drama but yeah absolutely yeah it's a little it's a little rough well, oh yeah i'm watching is... ballers too Yay! <laughs> forgot about that ballers <laughs> I, I watch ballers, ballers too. is like it's fine. so it's... like when you talk about passive viewing that's my oh, passive viewing. God. i mean i mean i'm doing three things when i'm watching ballers it's like yep. i'm eating i'm texting and i might be having like one yep. eye on yeah yeah, but, I mean, you know, I, 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 like I'm, I'm not even kidding. I enjoy it's, it's fun. It's fine. I just—it's fun, exactly. 
yeah, I, I mean, that's that's type of show that the stakes are so low, so low for everyone involved. I mean, I'm like, it, it's kind of hard to take seriously. Now, I kind of felt the same with Entourage. For whatever reason, I connected with it more earlier on. But uh, yeah, it, it's whatever. It's fine. <laughs> I just wish there was oh, more. Oh, Entourage, of... no, that no, they're not. Well, no, no, no I mean, I can't well, put them in the same. Why not? It's from the same people who did Entourage. It's got the same Entourage type. No. Of deal. Oh, not, no. not to me. Yeah, it doesn't. Really? No. It's fun, but it doesn't feel like Entourage to me. Okay. Uh, I mean, well, I was going to say it needs more of a sense of place. You know, like like if they made Miami more of a character, it would be interesting because what Entourage did, aside from, you know, the hangers on, the guys, whatever, they really made L.A. feel like a, a, a secondary character. Like we knew all the spots they're eating at or hanging out at or whatever, all the pretension, the layers of pretension. And, oh, and by the way, let me let me not forget why I have my two Los Angelinas on the line or Pasadena, pa, what is it, Pasadenian? <laughs> I don't know what to call you. Anyways, Rose City, Rose City, South Southland, Southlanders, Southland residents, denizens. Uh, definitely check out Ingrid Goes West because it is the most LA-centric movie I've seen in like a decade. It is so funny. I know. I was trying to see it last week and I failed. Mm, so yes. yeah, I ended it's up on the list. It's on. No, the list. It, it's good. Though. I mean, it's an indie too, so it's only gonna be out another two, three weeks. So definitely check it out. But it's very LA-centric, and you would love it. I mean, not just from like location, but like attitude. You'll definitely get like the whole attitude and the layers artifice stuff. You'll be like, oh yeah, that's very LA. Anyways, so yeah, so uh, Ballers is cool. It's it's whatever. I just. <laughs> hey, wait! Did you see Patty Cakes? I did not. I actually had a screening to go see it for free out here in Vegas, but it was the same night as our Cinema Draft Fantasy Football League draft. Oh. <laughs> so you know, I had to hold it down. I had to hold it down for the group okay. chat. Hold it down for the group chat. Uh, all right, well, you know what? Let's move on to our main topic of the evening. It is top three political films. I don't know, E. I feel like I only got one. Oh, <laughs> Momo, when it comes to you, I believe in you. You contain multitudes, girl. Multitudes. Oh, my God. Believe in you. This wasn't hard. I mean, it's okay. an interesting topic. It's not hard at all. There's, I mean, when you think there are a lot of political films it's out there. It's not hard. Like, maybe it's that's not the, like, yeah. All right, you know, we'll, we'll get your memory jog. For people who are new to the show, uh, basically the way it works, you name a political film, we alternate picks. Once someone picks a movie, the movie is out of play, all right? And so ladies first, and since Momo's struggling, I'm going to let Nick go first <laughs> so she can help jog your memory and inspire you. Oh, I was going to say let Momo go first since she only has one so that we don't take it off the board. Oh, <laughs> no, go ahead. No, no, actually, no, no, that's fair. That's fair. Momo, the floor is yours. No, Nick, you go first. I'm still thinking. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to take, take it off the board, the, Nick. <laughs> taking it off, taking this one off She's the not going to take it off. The Manchurian candidate. Yeah, Which no, one, original or Denzel? You know, I need to see the original, so that means I'm going to have to go with Denzel. Denzel. We're, we're, we, we love Denzel around here, so don't have to explain to me. All right, let me go share my screen, and so we can go. There we go, Manchurian Candidate. All right, so yes, do tell. Why the Manchurian Candidate besides, you know, Denzel? He's awesome. Well, I mean, 2004, it's a political movie that has come up in recent uh, events in our <laughs> 
<laughs> so with that being said, I was like, okay, let me, I did see it, but I saw it probably when it first came out in 2004 and have not seen it since. But it was a really good movie. Denzel did a great job. Liv Shriver did a great job. Essentially um, dealing with brainwashing and having kind of like a plant in our highest office here in the country and what it is that's controlling him. You don't say. Um, so, and, and, and they updated it and used the Gulf War for the 2004 version. But the original was based off of the Korean War and has Frank Sinatra. So I really want to see that one because I really liked Frank Sinatra movies. Um, and yeah, so I learned a little bit about that one and that he actually, uh, the rumor is, requested for it to kind of stop being shown in theaters because JFK <laughs> was assassinated. And um, shortly after, I guess it came out. And then oh, really? I mean, oh wow, they're making that connection. It, That's deep. And then it got re-released in the '80s. Well, I don't think it was that they were saying, "Oh, this is what happened." It was just kind of more out of the countries in mourning now, and here you have this topic of an assassin and the president. So it's too much. Huh. Mm. Okay. And that's a rumor. So. All right. <laughs> Okay, so while Momo is still thinking, and first, excellent pick. Uh, I, I, I concur. And way to take it off the board, damn it. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so in order of strategy, I'm going to go with, oh, you know what? This is very political. Election. The Reese Witherspoon, Reese, geez, coming out with another one this, this year. You know, more power to her. But Election, it's great. It's Alexander Payne, I think. <laughs> I can't, I, actually, this one, this one actually might have came after Sideways, and I think better. But Sideways really put Alexander Payne on the map. Oh, Sandro also. <clears throat> and then I think he came out with this a couple years later. Election, it's great. Matthew Broderick. Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> Tracy Flick is just an iconic uh, character. Especially Reese. So, I mean, first of all, she's still young enough to play a high schooler, or, or, or at least look like she could play a high schooler. Let's put it that way. I mean, she's damn near 30 in this. But that's not, that's not true. We're about the same age, damn it. So she's, you know, 97, 99. You know, early 20s, mid 20s, uh, and basically just the most ambitious class president candidate you've ever seen. Everything's perfectly manicured, but underneath that perfectly manicured, you know, uh, <clears throat> uh, visage is just like a crazy teenage person who just, I mean, but she's ruthless to her core. Like, she wants power at all costs, and it's just great how they, how they say everything is high school. Everything is indeed high school. I don't know why all these pictures in black and white. It's bizarre. The movie was like in color, but <laughs> all these black and white pictures. There we go. I guess what was Matthew Broderick, the principal? I don't remember his role very much, but uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a perfect poster because you see her eating alive, her poor teacher or her poor mentor or whatever, while she's out for to win the student body president, you know, uh, election at all costs. It also introduced us to um, was it Chris Klein? I think or no, no not re not introduce us, but remind us of Chris Klein. Chris Klein uh, came of age in the American Pie movies. Hasn't done a lot really since. Uh, but Chris Klein played like the jock who I think she courted, courted his power for the movie. It was a really fun movie. Haven't seen it in forever, but I, I truly enjoyed it. Uh, and it definitely does prove that everything is indeed high school. All right. So what you got, Momo? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Have, have you, you, either well, you guys remember well, no, the movie? I rem yeah, that was a great movie. I never saw it, but I remember it. Like I remember it happening. Yeah, it's fun. It's very easy. <laughs> oh, 
Gretchen, quit trying to make fetch happen. <laughs> Sorry, good. Yes, it happened. <laughs> so what, what do you got for us, Momo? Okay, well, I only had one, so I still only have this one. Um, I liked Wag the Dog because... Oh, okay. Yay! <laughs> I am that person that thinks like that. <laughs> so... <laughs> No, so this whole North Korea thing's a hoax. Uh, if just you want to me Russia. to go down the rabbit hole, I will. Because I'm about to find new, new uh, depths of love for you. So are you saying you're a hidden conspiracy theorist? Oh, absolutely. I don't even think I'm hidden. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't think she's oh. hidden. Momo! Oh, we should, we yeah, I just have a talk don't. Time when we donned the tinfoil hats and, like, you know, you know mm-hmm. communicate. Well, yes, we talked ahead. about this before, but yeah, like I just don't, I don't think some of this stuff is all that far-fetched, <laughs> so. You want Robert Mueller to hurry up, huh? Um, hurry up, Mueller. What? You know what's going down. <laughs> well, and, and not to say that, you know, what's happening right now isn't real or any of that stuff, but there are certain things that I just, like, mm, yeah, well, I don't know. I need more evidence. So, yes. Yeah, so anyway, I just got a kick out of it because just to see the lengths that they go through to create this fake war and <laughs> just how it all comes together. And we've seen little, we've kind of seen little things and bits and pieces of stuff like this. Like I think even Scandal kind of had little, you know, storylines here and there about creating, you know, fake stories and fake events yes. and, you know, all this. Different. So, you know, it comes, it pops up here and there. And I just, I honestly don't think it's all that far-fetched, but, um, but I just think it, I was just tickled by the whole thing. Like, okay, they are for real right now, but <laughs> you know, in reality, like people were really sucking it up. So anyway, they, they I thought like that was a cute little. Movie and everything. Like, like a, we are the world type war song and everything. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> so yeah i got a kick out of that one and, and like nick like i hadn't seen i haven't seen this in ages but i just loved it though okay all right wag the dog well played now google some more all right <laughs> <laughs> now i can't it's not it's not you, google you, you, doesn't you, help you can do it you can do it all right nick what you got fahrenheit 9-11 uh, mm. Oh, Fahrenheit 9 Oh, interesting. Oh, mm. Fahrenheit. Interesting, interesting for it to come right after Monet said wag the dog. Um, oh, okay. All right. So, yeah, so, staying in 2004, Google was my friend because I was like, wait, political movie? Yes. <laughs> Let me find some ones I've seen. Um, and, and this, this is all was, about, like, the Bush presidency and yes. how he – yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So it's Michael Moore and basically kind of a little bit of conspiracy theorist stuff tossed in there about how essentially um, the Bush administration used this, um, used 9-11 to push the war. Yes. Oh, yeah, to get us into Iraq, which is totally true. (laughs) I mean, it's it's funny because at the time it came out, it's controversial, we're in Iraq, blah, blah, blah. I mean, mean, from day one, I always thought Iraq was stupid. I I mean, I thought Afghanistan was fine because Taliban did it. They're holed up in Afghanistan, go root those fuckers out. But Iraq, I mean, come on, dude. And, yeah, and all this stuff, I remember seeing it in, like, I think a screening or, like, there was, like, a – I think he did, like, a weekend of sneak previews the year before. I remember going all the way up to Glendale, like, the Glendale Gallery and really big not, not actually not glendale it was the other one the one off of the the 405 uh, sherman oaks whatever and they're big i think that's also some sort of galleria and there's some big screen it was, it was filled up i 
think I took a date or something that we could only get like the very first row. So I spent the entire, I spent the entire <laughs> wow. time in my head like, oh my God, like this. Trying to see up, trying to use my professional vision, but it was great. It was awesome. I came out buzzing. I wrote a fire review about it, um, and I think this might be. Was this the highest grossing uh, documentary ever? I think I think this one made a ton of money, like a shit ton of money. So yeah, this is a uh, time. I think so. Yeah, it definitely struck a chord with people. It was very. It was. It was something else. Yeah. Wait, box. Can I see the box? Box. There we go. Because yeah, I think it did like. Oh, oh, that's opening yeah, opening weekend twenty three million for a documentary. Are you kidding yeah, that's me? That's crazy. That is bananas. Oh my lord! Yeah, on eight hundred sixty eight screens, that would. Oh my god! I mean, that'd probably be our biggest limited release uh, movie ever in cinema draft. <laughs> yeah, it grossed one hundred nineteen million, one hundred nineteen point two million. Woo! That's a lot of money for a documentary. Yeah, so I'm not sure if it's still the highest grossing documentary of all time, but it it's got to be up there. That's it definitely struck a chord. Well done. I did not even think about documentaries. Well played, Knickknack. Well played. Thank you. Okay. All right. So my second one will be The Ides of March. This one had a stellar <laughs> cast. What's so funny? Yeah, we were, it was complete silence. Silence. It is total silence. Okay, fine. So you guys haven't to... seen it. Whatever. But the funny thing is, I feel like we <laughs> talked about seeing it. Like, we talked about seeing it with the movie crew, and I don't know what happened. Did we see it? No. For, well, I, obviously, I wasn't there to keep us cohesive. That's number one. <laughs> number two, yeah, it was It was good. It's, it's definitely one you have to pay attention to. It gets a little twisty. A lot of good dialogue. It's, it's, a, really good, it's a lot of good writing. It's based off of, I believe, a play. Um, and uh, Ryan Gosling plays like this. Uh, uh, is, I think he's like chief of staff of of a, I, I guess a white Obama-ish type <laughs> camp uh, uh, campaign guy uh, or camp the campaign guy. Sorry, politician. <laughs> uh, Nate, um, so, uh, which is George Clooney's character, and he's also kind of by default like his campaign fixer. Some shit goes down involving a young staffer. She has an affair with him, and it's just like kind of messy. <clears throat> and and then also a lot of like late game political wrangling. Uh, Jeffrey Wright has a really pivotal role of like <clears throat> of like I think is he a governor or some sort of senator from the, from like Ohio, which is in play. Why why is Ohio always in play? Damn it, uh, Ohio is in play, and so they have to do something like that. This dude, Max Minghella, and I believe he is the son of director Anthony Minghella, um, the guy that did the English Patient. He he pops up in the strangest places, man. He because he's got this very interesting look. I think he's half uh, East Indian or something, but he shows up and he play he played um, uh, Divya from um, the, the guy who kind of got screwed out of uh, Facebook early on. He played like one. He played that guy. And that guy's like an an, uh, an East Indian guy. He plays like you know you know. You know, Anglo guys. He plays. He's got a very interesting look. He's he's in this movie. Got a pretty good role. He's everywhere. And you know, it's Clooney. Clooney being Clooney. If there's ever a movie that screams Clooney, it's this one because he's playing a politician. I mean, come on. How many of y'all think that Clooney at some point could run for office or would run for office? I mean, it's it's in his it's in his well, like. It's possible. Yeah, it's, it's in his genes. Super politically active. I mean, he's got the money. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone likes him. I mean, it's Clooney. So yeah, I don't know. Somebody, somebody was saying Clooney for 2020 today. I'm like, I mean, slow down. Dude just had a kid. Too soon. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, yeah, that's too, too soon. Slow down. But, I mean, look, if we're electing, you know, or, you know I'm not going to go down the road. Anyways, yes, he has, if, 
if our current president could win, Clooney definitely has a shot, even with, <laughs> I'm sure, his his highway of broken hearts in his past, I'm sure, yes. And, you know, so, and he, I think he directed this as well, so very good, very strong Clooney movie, Ides of March, I highly recommend it, very political and twisty. I might, I might rewatch it, it's a very good movie, I liked it. Okay. Momo! And you your, uh, to your question, Fahrenheit 9-11 is still the highest grossing documentary. Thank you, Momo. We got research staff for free over here. All right. Yeah. 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 I do my best. Um, okay. So Google says that <laughs> this one is considered politics. It falls into politics, which is milk. Yes. Yay, okay. Uncle Google. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So you tell. And really for no other reason than Sean Penn. I mean, the dude is just... I mean, he's yeah. phenomenal he's in that. But I thought, I thought it was a really good, like, that was a story I had never heard of, um, knew nothing about it, knew, so I really just appreciated that. Don't they, don't they teach, like, California history in high school? No? They do, but <laughs> I don't remember this. They skipped over that part because he's gay. Ah. No, we, yeah, we didn't learn about. I didn't learn about. We, I, oh, we didn't learn about milk. Harvey Milk. So. Yeah, in high school, we had um, Washington State history, so I just figured it was the same in, like, Cali. Like, you know, make, make sure I you mean, know your I state. didn't have Calif- – I had California history in, like, fourth grade. Oh. But, like, high school, it was, like, American politics, world history, civics, econ. Like, it was that kind of stuff. Euro, whatever. But anyway. Right, fair enough. <laughs> um, but, no, I just thought it was just – I thought it was well done. It wasn't over the top. It wasn't this, like, you know, super produced film. It was just, like – you know, very solid premium acting. And I just thought they, he brought the story to life. And so, yeah. Yeah, James Franco. Doing James Franco things. James <laughs> Franco. Yeah. James Franco's, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I want to say he's under, I feel like he's underrated. I think he's actually Still. properly rated yeah. only because he's, he, I mean, it, it's funny because he refused to be pigeonholed, which I really respect. And he's just, he's just mainstream enough to get mainstream stuff like, like Planet of the Apes, whatever. But then he's also weird and, and subversive and different enough that he does like these weird indies that show up on Netflix. He's, I like him. He, he takes chances. He's very yeah, curious. I that, like James Franco. I mean, he does the crazy, you know, Seth. Um, Rogan. Seth Rogen movies, which are still funny, but yeah. you know, I still I like I like him. Anyway, all right, cool. That's all, all I right. got. That's all I got. Nickname. Round three, final one. What you got? Final one. I'm gonna go out. You think you minions with something lighthearted and go with the campaign. What is that? Campaign. It sounds familiar. Oh it's Lord. Will, yes, okay. It's this will, is pretty funny. It's Will and Zach and Will Ferrell punching babies and ah. <laughs> ah. So he's a Southern whatever. Marty yeah. Huggins, the simple family man who ends up running against this um, congressman, and <laughs> he has a little broom. He's gonna sweep up the mess <laughs> that the politicians have made. I and mean, it's just it's 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 you gotta laugh. I mean, and that's what I needed after all these movies. I was like. I have a list of heavy movies. I'm going to go with the campaign. And I do believe this was the the rare early to mid-August um, comedy that actually performed. I think it did all right at the box office. So good for them. Yeah. I remember seeing this in the theater. I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> I <can show> <laughs> oh, 
Marty Huggins. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it, Marty. It's a fun, like, lighthearted take on, because um, they talk about things that actually could occur, but it <laughs> it was a fun twist to it. So, okay. Uh, did you see the campaign, Momo? Nope. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying I to think of. Okay, fair enough. Um, okay, so for my last one, God, it's only three this week. Okay. Uh, it's hard to choose. There's so many good ones. I mean, there's like, you know, dumb ones like Distinguished Gentleman stuff. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do, because uh, I'm also trying to be cognizant of movies that weren't covered in like president movies, because we did that. Uh, oh, I don't know, about, I guess, 20 podcasts ago. <laughs> and that was a pretty good one. Um, Political. Let's go with. Come on, E. Well, I mean, it's so there's so many good. You know what? This one wasn't brought up, so let's go with this one. I enjoy this one. Damn it, Charlie Wilson's War. This oh one wow! Is actually based on a true story. It was, and honestly, it was well cast and criminally underseen. No one really, no one really saw this. I mean, like, like they, they hyped it up. It came out a weird time. Uh, Sorkin wrote the screenplay. Oh, wow, that's right. I mean, so great screenplay, very competent uh, director, Mike Nichols, may he rest in peace. I mean, you know, who's done, like, everything. Um, won't go down his his uh, IMDb. But, yeah, and Philip Seymour Hoffman, I mean, just – and set in, like, I guess the, the 90s when they're um, uh, they basically uh, funding a war in Afghanistan. Uh, uh, and it was just really – and he's got a lot of, like, a lot of political stuff, but a lot, also a lot of human stuff. Uh, and Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks. I mean, he brings it. Julia Robertson is as well. And it's just it's really kind of cool, underrated movie that not a lot of people have seen. Yeah, and then, yeah, Julia Roberts plays like a, like a big, big money donor. I, I think, was she a Texan donor or something like that? So she had threw in a little, little bit of play into her southern accent and everything. So it was good. I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> and look at that hair, for crying out loud. That hair and that martini. What more do you need? Go see that movie. Charlie Wilson's War. <laughs> 2007. I think I yeah. saw it, but I don't like remember too much of it. Yeah. Did not see it. Fair enough. R.I.P. All right, Momo. So I bring up the rear. R.I.P. Well, I mean, we, I, I mean, he was great. He was Come great. on, Momo. Alive? I think I'm tapped out. I feel like we've seen one. Oh, we've seen. Wait, we went to the theater to see one. Yes. Where? Uh, during one of the, our that movies. I liked. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Does she have to write it out for you in Crown? <laughs> Maybe I'm not thinking about this in the right way. I'm probably only thinking about certain movies that fall into this category. That's what I was doing at first. Um, political can be know. anything. Hell, the expanse is hella political. It's not a movie, but, you know, it's political. Yeah, I don't know. I was just going to say the only one I remember because I saw it in, in high school and I thought it was like, it's one of those movies I watch over and over again because I was trying to figure out what the hell was going on with all the president's men. Uh, yeah. So watching it like as a high schooler <laughs> and then watching it as like, in college and then watching it as an adult. And then you're like, oh, because in high school, you're like, okay, you kind of get it, but like, you get it. But then like you kind of. It's almost like watching The Wire again, right? You, like, find the little details, and you're like, oh, okay, got it. I missed that part the first time. So That's that fair. was well I, done. I Netflix it, like, 15 years ago. Well, not 15 years ago. Maybe, like, 12 years ago, something like that, like, a long time ago. And I think I'd probably get a lot more out of it now. So that, that's good. That's very Yeah, salient. absolutely. I totally think it's worth revisiting. 
Yeah, and so for so those who aren't familiar, uh, All the President's Men is, what's it about? Oh, I have to describe it. Basically, it's about the two, there's two journalists, right? Um, journalists that dig Woodward into Burks. Nixon and the Watergate scandal and all the intricacies around that and and there are a lot of intricacies <laughs> like that's the part where you're like oh, i forgot yeah all right now that makes sense so yeah and it's it's kind of dense in a way when they're going through a lot of that stuff but i just thought it was really well done i appreciate it more as an adult i should say maybe i should put it like that than i did when i was just watching it in class or whatever so um, it's got um, Dustin Hoffman and Robert Redford. And, I mean, you can't really ask for better for better leads than that. But, um, yeah, and but all yeah. about the Watergate, uh, Watergate, Watergate break-in and, and investigating stuff, the whole deep throat, you know, meeting him in the parking garage and stuff. Like, all that yes. stuff is really cool. Really <laughs> yes. Yeah, I definitely remember that scene. Yeah, so and and I guess the personal toll it took on their lives and stuff. Yeah, I, I yeah, I'm, I'm down to rewatch this. this it was a good. lot. Yeah, like, I need it was to a watch lot it. to that movie because I still haven't seen it in a while. So it's probably time for me to revisit it again. But well, um, you're, you're among friends here. I still haven't seen the. I still can't remember the Godfather, so I need to rewatch that. So it's on the list. No, well, you know what? I hadn't seen the Godfather for a long time until maybe. Ooh, it might have been five or six years ago. Um, okay. My parents had it. They had all the seat, all the all the movies, and so I was like, "Oh, okay." During holiday break, I'm watching all of. I'm watching all of them. So that was fairly new to me too. So I still have not seen it all the way through either. Yeah. All right. Good. I'm among friends. <laughs> I, got, <laughs> I got shame on my own show when I mentioned it like a few. A, a few uh, weeks ago, so yes, I'm among friends. But yes, well, I'll, I'll, it's on my list, and I'll definitely put all the Prentice men on my list to rewatch. Whenever, I mean, Netflix, slow down. You give me too much good stuff every week. It's awesome. All right. You so, are yeah, so, so it's true. Oh, I forgot what I was watching. I was watching Atypical. You reminded me when you said Netflix. <laughs> yes, my boy <laughs> Seth Gordon, Zach Newstead. Yeah, what do you think of Atypical? Oh, my gosh. Oh, it was good. I know, we're called the sacking, but you just reminded me with Netflix. Because I was like, I know I've watched something else that I binged really fast. Um, yeah, there's only like eight episodes. It's like half hour each, something like it went really fast. Yeah, I, I, th I liked it. I, I thought it was interesting. But it's fascinating that he's doing two series about a young male with autism. So, who? I don't know. Uh, Keira Gilchrist? Seth Gordon. The What's the what's the other one? He's gonna do Good Doctor too. So oh God, God, you get your money, fam. Get your money, Seth. I <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Uh, yeah. Well, so it, I found that interesting when I realized I was like, oh wait, he did Atypical too, and like both Sony and like so it's just interesting what he's doing there. But anyway, if someone's in his family that's like you know autistic or something. That that does sound that very would specific. be interesting. Yeah. So anyway, at sidebar. Yeah, um, okay. No, we're here for some atypical talk all day, every day. All right. Yeah, I liked it. I it'll be interesting to see though when, um, you know, with the with atypical, and then when Good Doctor premieres. Like I've been seeing some people, you know, have some criticisms or just some hesitancy about them tackling, um, 
you know, these stories about people with autism. So um, it'll be interesting to see how it really plays on out. The spectrum, like I don't, as they say. yeah, on the spectrum. And so I'm not sure. I don't think as many people, you know, not too many people have seen atypical as far as like, you know, in comparison to the amount of people that are going to be exposed to good doctor. But, um, True. but yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how the conversation, you know, well, Dan, develops. Well, before, but now, I mean, I mean, Seth's doing, I mean, yeah, I gotta, gotta check for it. He's good. And I want to know what the criticisms are, so I'm gonna have to watch The Good Doctor. All right, good stuff. And let me. There it is. Woo! It's been too long. All right, so now we're into the meat of the show. Let me explain for the newcomers what is Cinema Draft, you ask? It is the fancy sports version of the movies. But instead of picking athletes from teams, you're picking actors from movies, and how their movies perform at the North American box office will earn you points for your call sheet of actors while competing against others for fun and prizes. You draft 10 actors, no more, no less, who are assigned a dollar value salary. You have a 100K budget to spend that salary. You must pick one actor from each of the three release types of movies, wide release, uh, 2,000 screens and up, limited release, 501 to 1,999 screens, or platform release, 500 screens or below. And you have two headliners per film. Headliners' points are worth 40% more. For example, if Suicide Squad earns $100 million in a weekend, Margot Robbie would get 100 points at one point per million per actor in wide release, while Will Smith would get 140 points. Math. It is free to play. <laughs> $200 in prize this week, plus a $25 bonus to the highest-scoring call sheet. Last week, although there was a tie with my call sheet, would be nice. We gave out the $25 bonus to Gamble24x7, uh, group chat Denizen, longtime player, and also all-time Cinema Draft money leader on the precipice of $2,000 in career earnings in Cinema Draft. Not bad for a free play game, huh? Wink, wink. All right. So make sure you check this out. It is open and live. Games start at 10 p.m. Pacific time on Thursday. So let's get to the shot list. And that is my weekly. These are definitely, you know, views you can use to pick the winning Cinema Draft call sheet. Let me share my screen. And we're definitely looking forward to the debut of Momo this week. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Yay. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> it's not even peer pressure. It's just pressure. It's it's not even pressure. It's gonna happen. It has to happen. It's going down. It's going down the DMs. All right. So, so crazy. So not crazy. No, we are prescient. We are seeing the future because it will happen. Yes. You're so funny. Okay. It will happen. Okay. Yeah, it will happen. All right. So First off on the shot list is the A-list, and these are actors you will definitely want on your call sheet this weekend. Uh, first one we're checking for, of course, is it. I was, to be honest, I was flabbergasted. My gasted was flabbered when I saw that it was tracking at over 60 million. I, I, mean, I mean, look, the trailers look, actually trailers look really good. Uh, as I mentioned in, in the preview pod, or the, the recap pod, uh, this uh Tuesday night that I was not necessarily um, uh, I mean I thought the I thought the the trailer was really good with the kids gave you kind of Goonies vibe and stuff I was digging it until that creepy ass clown I'm out in the clown nope. no clowns damn it creepy clown I'm out uh, but I guess a lot of people are in they're there for the creepy clown 67.82 on Hollywood Stock Exchange one dollar 
roughly generate translates into a million at the box office. So projecting an over $65 million open, that is monster for September, which is traditionally the studio's dumping ground. So don't overthink it. Go with go with Bill Skarsgård or Jaden Lieberherr, Lieber, 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 I can't even say his name. He, no one knows him anyways. They're all unknowns. That's why <laughs> every actor is worth 28000 salary. And I will not be shocked if uh, if everyone ends up just headliner stacking the, the two headliners from this movie and then figuring out the rest with very limited budget because at $60 million plus on opening weekend, no one's coming close to that movie. Nobody. So that's why it is so unattractively priced at 28000 Also, if it ain't broke, don't fix – no, if it – yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix. There we go. If it ain't broke – sorry. Got lost in my, in my cliches. Uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Get you some Ryan Reynolds, cheaper two headliners than Hitman's Bodyguard. Somehow, some way, that sucker did ten million on the three-day weekend, thirteen million on the four-day weekend. So it still has some juice in the tank. So if you have, if you aren't going double, if you're not double stacking Hitman, uh, sorry, if not double stacking it, might want, might as well get Hitman's Bodyguard nine thousand. Um, don't overthink it. Probably get you a good eight to nine points. Uh, 89 million at the box office with the headliner bonus will get you to about 12 or 13 points. The replacement value this week is going to be really steep. After you get past it, replacement value for points is probably going to be somewhere around six or seven points. So anything that can get you six or seven points, take a long, hard look at it, all right? Because it is going to suck up <laughs> the oxygen at the box office. Uh, co starring, these are some values you may want to look out for this coming weekend. I don't know, y'all. Um, Home Again. It's new. It's got Reese's Pieces. It's also probably going to be wide release. I don't have a hard count on the theater count, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be at least 2,200 screens. It sounds about right for it. It's going to be all over out here in Vegas. So it's going to be out here in Vegas. It's going to be everywhere else. Um, Michael Sheen, he's $1,000 cheaper than Reese Witherspoon. So at $8,000, get you a nice little headliner. And when you talk about replacement value, I think it's there for home again. If we check our handy uh, forecasters over at HSX, home again is – come on. Go. There we go. Home again opening weekend is tracking at just under $10 million, So I like its chances. Also, don't forget to, to double-check with – Box Office Pro uh, or pro.boxoffice.com is a great site for getting projections out, usually uh, Wednesday or early Thursday. So definitely make sure you check with the gurus over at Box Office Pro. Uh, what else? Uh, oh, oh, okay. Aislinn Derbez from Haslo Coma Ombre, the Mexican <laughs> film. <laughs> totally came through this week. I don't know if y'all saw or listened to the podcast recorded just a couple hours earlier. I'm sure you will because you guys want to win this week. But man, Haslow came through. It kind of laid in wait, though. It didn't track throughout the weekend. If you were following your call sheets over the weekend uh, and you had Hitman's Bodyguard, any anything not Haslow, Como Ombre, you were winning. You were loving life. But damn it, once hand scoring came through, it was all about the Ombres. Uh, it did 1.15 million. Uh, in its opening weekend on 382 screens and platform release. That translates to 11.52 points or 16 and some change in, as a headliner. It totally came through. I max stacked it. That's why I tied for a call sheet of the week because if you didn't have seven hombres, you were doing it wrong. Great week for the hombres. So even if you have half as much in box office next week, it actually fits our theory of replacement value. Half of 
what, 1.2-ish million, we get you about 600, 700,000. So yeah, you might wanna, might wanna uh, restack some, some, some Homebrae, some Haslo, if you can afford it after headliner stacking your it. Uh, cutting room floor, skip these losers. Birth of the Dragon, sorry science guy. Julian Smith, AKA the official science guy of the pod, was really high on this movie for all the Bruce Lee fans. Well, you can skip it. 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 It is going to be too <laughs> wide for its own good. It didn't do well. Unless it's in platform release, I see no reason to, to rush this movie. Look at the per screen averages from last weekend. It's shameful. Per screen average. Actually, well, yeah, we'll do it top down, but it's still pretty bad. Per screen averages for this were all the way down in. Actually, let me just look for it. I can't go that low. Uh, there we go. 1,065 on 1,600 screens. I expect the screen, this theater count to be halved, even still, at 1.7 million-ish. You're not, and, and one point per 500,000 limited release. You're not going to get nearly what you need out of this. It dropped 35% last weekend. It's going to drop another, I don't know, 50% maybe. So you're looking at 800,000, 900,000, so a point and a half. No, 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 no thank you. Don't want, do not want. So... Yes, we're going to have to look for other places for value. And also, Worf, the Planet of the Apes, two weeks in a row on the cutting room floor. Why is it still here? Only because there weren't nearly enough movies that were released. It's had a good run. No, for real. There's only four real movies released this week. It's the had worst a good box run. office, right? Like, yeah, the worst, worst box yeah, office the worst of Labor box Day office weekend. weekend. Labor Day mm. weekend in like eight, 19 years. Wow. I called it the worst box office movie of the year, TM, because it is. It always is. Labor Day weekend is in the movie industry. But this one was historically bad. And yeah, so War for the Planet of the Apes, there's nothing for you. It's not even in platform release yet. Go away! Hopefully it'll go away after this week. All right. <laughs> any movies you guys are looking forward to seeing this weekend? You know, I still never saw The Planet of the Apes, and that was actually something I had planned to do. Aww. Anyway, sorry, I digress. Um, you read a lot of books, huh, Momo? <laughs> what? You must read a lot of books. You, you never get a chance to see what you want to see. No. No, that's not <laughs> <laughs> Oops, didn't mean to put you on the spot. Oops. Nope. Oh, no, I have no problems admitting that. Um yeah, no, I just, I just haven't. It's been, yeah, that's a whole other story, whole other podcast. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not really looking for anything this weekend. Hashtag Netflix and chill. Okay, what about you, Nick? Anything out right now you want to see this weekend? I do want to see Ingrid Goes West since I went to see the Hitman's Bodyguard instead. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Coming to America in outdoor cinema. <laughs> Oh, so that that's the look that's the the shot that uh, Julian was talking about, huh? Oh, was it yes, yes, same same thing. Are you that who? take a date? My date's not here. <laughs> oh, I thought you were taking your date because that was because because he was actually Julian, the official science oh, guy of the pod. He uh I guess uh his date took him to to the outdoors. Oh cinema, so. no, this he went to a different one. So there's like yeah, there's there's <laughs> there's so many oh. of them. Um, his date was a different one. My date is on the other side of the country. So no, he's not coming this week weekend. <laughs> well, we only have two out here, the downtown, uh, 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 the downtown's container park, which I hear is a pretty good look. It's like, you know, sit on the grass and stuff. And they project it. And then the other one, which I really have, which I really would like to eventually someday 
hopefully take a day to the Cosmo. They have like their outdoor theater uh, over like the pool area or something. They oh, that would be really- cute. Oh, yeah, that's really nice. nice. It's like a thousand degrees out there, so that's why you guys only have two. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> There's that. I mean, it gets cooler at night, but it's still like a good 99 until like 10, 90. 10 p.m. So yeah, yeah, it is what it is. They got misters, I'm sure. They got misters. You run the pool. Uh, okay, well, excellent. Um, the over/under this week, it 65. I'm, I'm setting the bar really medium this week. I'm gonna set it at 65 million because I think I still think the 67 is pretty high. So the over/under this weekend is 65 million for it. Uh, what do you ladies think? Over/under 65 million for it. Hmm. I'm always very conservative on these. You know that. Either. Because you work in a studio, yes. We conservative. I'd be rolling yeah. in all my scripts. All my scripts would have bought in the odds. Y'all too conservative, anyway. <laughs> um, I don't know. It it may it may do that. I the only thing is is that I feel like. So many, I've heard so many people like freaked out about it. So I don't know. I don't know if people are actually going to go see it. Because everybody's like, nope, nope. I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing the clowns. Nope. not doing it. Nope. Yeah. So I see a lot of that on social media. So I don't know if it's going to happen. <laughs> like people are like legitimately like freaked out. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> Off some trailers. Like, yeah. I don't know. You know? crazy. So that's still an answer. Over under sixty five million. Can't push. I'm gonna say under. All right. What about you, Momo? Oh, sorry, uh, Nick. Nick Nat, What do you think? <laughs> um, for once, even though I am definitely not going to see it, I saw the original. That's enough. Um, I'm gonna actually say over because people are already dressing up like Pennywise, which is oh god, no. Really disturbing. <laughs> not okay with it. Was not happy when I came out the mall to see somebody dressed like, yeah, exactly. So because people are doing that, and that was a month ago, I'm going to say it's going to go over. Ugh. Oh, God. Well, Probably. People love those kinds of movies, though. Uh-huh. So. But, I mean, but it wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, he wasn't, the whole point, though, is that he wasn't friggin' scary looking. He looked like a regular clown. This is too much. Can't. This, this clown is a scary clown, right? It's yeah. too much. Yeah. Uh, oh, no. Well, hearing that little piece of information, then I'm definitely going over. That sounds crazy. I mean, we're a month and a half away from Halloween. You can't even chuck up the Halloween fever. They're just dressing yeah. like they crazy. Crazy. Yeah. No, and that's, yeah, like, no, it, no, and the movie wasn't out yet, so I see you dressed as Pennywise. I'm thinking you're up to no good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, the results from last week's poll: a whopping 78 percent of you picked under two million for Tulip Fever, including myself. And guess what? We were right. Tulip Fever did a paltry 1.4 million over the four-day weekend. I think only 1.15 million over the three-day weekend. It was, I mean, like I said, it was, although I gave it a very uh, generous three reels after coming out of it, uh, although it takes a very terrible turn towards, a very novelistic type turn towards the, the third act, uh, more I think about it, more it's like two reels. It's kind of meh when you think about it. Now I see why it's, it, was, it was stuck on the shelf for three years and was not released until they dumped it on the worst weekend of the movie year. TM. All right, so yeah, so I, so yeah, so sadly my 750 was part of that 1.15 million haul, me and like 25 other people. Uh, and so that was the overrunner from last week. So I guess we'll bring this in for a landing. 
Ooh, oh, and I have to make a correction. So yeah. Seth Gordon is not EP on Good Doctor. He directs the pilot. Oh, that's interesting. Usually they have like the director of the pilot being like, but he's some sort of producer on it though, right? I don't see. I thought he was, but I don't. I don't see his credit there. So that's why. Because when I pulled up Atypical, I mean, when I pulled him up, he only showed Atypical. So, um, and maybe eventually he will be. But, um, but anyway, just had to. Yeah, well, you, you know, know, the man's my researcher brain. <laughs> yeah, there you go. The man's plate is full. I mean, he does movies and TV and all that good stuff. He still has the Goldbergs running. I'm sure. I mean, you know, the guy's got. Oh yeah. Yeah. Man, yeah. Lakeside High, class of 94. Oh, he was 94. Yeah, good for him. Uh, all right, so, yeah, cha-ching. Um, Want to invest in Cinema Draft? <laughs> no, <Okay>. seriously. <laughs> I was kidding. All right, anyways. Uh, <laughs> anyways, Reeves in for a landing. Where can you find Cinema Draft? You go to cinemadraft.co. That is cinemadraft.co. We are on all the social medias, all the Twitters, all the Facebooks. Uh, our corporate blog is at medium.com slash at cinemadraft. Uh, subscribe, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Music, anywhere you get your favorite podcasting outlet. Uh, and once again, we're giving away money. Free money. We have 3,000 heirs playing a free game. It's awesome. Every week, uh, we have Theater Lock, which is uh, what we call 6 p.m. Pacific time on Thursdays. We lock in the theater counts and the release types of movies are playing. That happens 6 p.m. Pacific time on Thursdays, and the game itself runs later on that night, 10 p.m. Pacific time. Also, $235 in prize up for grabs, plus the $25 bonus to the highest scoring call sheet of the week, which surpasses my own. Results are generally Monday evening-ish after the results of, yes, hand scoring. I manually go through and edit your scores. That's why we need to be funded so we can have more automation to the game and make it more fun for everyone and get you those scores and your prize pulls out a lot faster. Ladies, this is it. Plug your ish. What you got for the people? I don't okay. know anything. Mama, were you asleep, Mama? Did you take a nap? I mean, I no, I'm thinking about what I have to plug, but I don't plug anything. I just research things. Okay, I'm just covering. Well, for a researcher, I appreciate you rallying off duty to come up with three political movies. I, I, I oh I know yeah, you know what though? I like I like challenges, so that was good. That was good. <laughs> All right, Nicole, official therapist of the pod, TM. Okay, I have a cultivating wellness tip. And based upon our theme of politics, <laughs> right? Since I'm That's never right. pubbing stuff, I am actually. I'm going to pub wellness. And you did this last time. Every so this time. Is this is so, yes. Yeah, so cultivating wellness for this one. Stay on brand. With all of the different things that are coming at you, it can be overwhelming. And it's raising people's symptoms, which I've oh, noticed man. in my practice. And mm -hmm. you need to take breaks. So take oh, notifications off of your phone. Take a break from looking at comments. Don't comment. And just really go out in the world. Connect. Ground yourself. Because it truly can be overwhelming and raise your anxiety and depressive symptoms for some people. And some people are even presenting with, like, traumatic type symptoms. So we want to make sure we take breaks. TTSD. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys. Well done. Thank you, E. Thank you, E. The fan pod consists to, to date our highest watched Facebook video. 
today. Julie came close. Julie came with your throat. You know, KP, Kiana. She, she came with what? He was in the one. I think like 160, 170. That's not high. close. <laughs> Love you, man. Uh, yeah, that, that's Damn. that's a little that's a little you know brother and sisterly fam fam all on fam crime fam. you know all part of the fam. Uh, well, thanks everybody for listening, watching, downloading, whatever it is you get it. And y'all, and when you aren't taking some time out from your TTSD or or researching stuff mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, everybody get out there in the world. And when the world is too much, escape and watch you go see a movie or something.